for me, I would say, and I, this is what I've been saying now, is that I've found my voice because I've always been very quiet and, and not speaking up and just being very British and sort of, you know, mustn't say this, mustn't say that. Whereas now I feel that, right, this has happened. This is big. My brother is now in spirit world. I've now found my voice. I will speak up. I will do the things that I've been afraid to do in the past because, you know, I'm doing it not only for myself, I'm doing it for him. Hello and welcome to Grief, Gratitude and the Grey in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. Hello, we are so glad you're here and tuning in to listen to our conversation today. I am chatting with Lindsay Meaden, all the way from the UK. Come on down, Lindsay. Hi, (laughs) Hi, Kendra. Hi, how are you? I am well. I am so grateful that we were able to find a time that worked for both of us with our time zones and that we were able to jump over the hurdles of technical difficulties and so forth before we started recording. (laughs) Um, But I am so grateful that you're here. Thank you for connecting with me and and wanting to come on to share your story. You're very welcome and thank you for, for having me here. Thank you. Now, Lindsay, tell me, where is it that you live in the UK? Okay, so I'm in the southeast um, in Kent, which is um, not far from London, probably about an hour south of London. Uh, it's a, tum- it's a, a town called Royal Tunbridge Wells. Okay. And what, how long, is this where you were born and raised in this area of the UK? Yeah, I've always lived in the southeast, so I know this area. This is this is where my heart is. This is my home, um, and I know a lot of places here and have lots of friends. So it's a very special place to me. It's, yeah, it is home. Now I was uh, kind of going in through your Instagram yesterday to check, and you're a mom of twins. Is that correct? I am. I'm. I'm what. <laughs> I'm what is classed. Sometimes they class us as geriatric mums in this country because oh, I was. You <laughs> I was. I was 42 when I gave birth. So, <laughs> oh, I have several of my friends that have, have given birth after in, in their 40s. So I think it's yeah. <laughs> time, time, actually, personally, because I've done all I wanted to do before 40. And now in 42, I feel I felt adult enough to be become a mum. <laughs> so, um, and having twins has been an absolute blessing. I've got one of each and they are four years old and they are just an absolute joy. I love it. What are their names? They are Charlotte and Henry. Oh, beautiful. And, and such royal names, too. <laughs> <laughs> they are. That's true. Yes. <laughs> love it. Love it. Now, um, they, they are, are they in school or in pre-K or are they home right now and playing or something while they wait? Gosh, if they, were here, be... if they were here, you would hear them. <laughs> no, they are. They are at nursery school having fun so that it allows me time to do work um and then they are at nursery school for a couple of days a week so i get the nice balance that i i love to spend time with them that's so important perfect but it's also good they spend time with with children of their own age and particularly ju- during the pandemic it's mm-hmm. good that they're they are able to still mix with others that's wonderful that yeah that they that they have the nurseries open there yes so now good. what is it that you do for work that you're able to work from home too well, I've actually changed my business as a result of what's happened last year. Um, up until that point, I was working as a mind coach. Um, so helping people deal with traumas and anxieties and fears. Um, I've been doing that for about eight years, I think. But as I said, up until June last year, um, that's what I've been doing. And it's changed a lot since then. So wait, you were doing that, you were a mind coach sent up to June of last year, yes. technically, and then, yeah. uh, but 
what you're saying is something that actually a lot of people would be searching for even now, right? So, but I know that a lot has changed and that's part of the conversation we're going to yes. have too. And that may be yes. the reason. So let's go into that. So sure. uh, we will be talking about your brother and your grief surrounding his death. So um, let's, uh, if you'd like to share uh, your brother's name and how he passed away. Sure. I'm just taking a deep breath. <laughs> yes, please. And by um, the way, any moments you need to just be, and, and any questions I may ask that you do not feel comfortable answering or that you just need a little bit more time to process, please take your time. This is, there's Thank no you. hurry here. It's just a conversation. Thank you, Kendra. Um, okay, so um, I come from a family, a, a small family unit of just the four of us, mum, dad, me and my brother. And it's always been just the four of us. And um, my brother is two years older than me. Uh, we share birthdays, um, well, one day apart, but we've always sort of what? shared our birthdays. He's two so years So you're older. like, um, as if you're Irish twins, as the... It, it, we've two years apart, but yeah, I get what you mean. But it's just having that birthday connection has been really special throughout our, our lives. Um, his name is Stuart, and um, we have always been just amazing siblings. We have got on with our own lives, but we've always been there to support one another, always could rely upon one another. And there's that familiarity of just knowing my brother's there, my sister's here, we are there for each other. It's just me and him. Um, as you know, last year, um, the pandemic hit um, the the globe and in the UK in March we went into lockdown and in June um, we had the complete news out of the blue complete shock to us all that my brother was missing um, and then three days later we had the even worse news that he had died by suicide and that has completely turned our worlds upside down as a result um, from him passing away since it's he's passed. It's so recent. It's so recent. Yes. Yeah. And the, um, the conversation we had just right before we started talking was regarding even just the terms around that. Would you mind sharing with the listeners, especially those that are in the U.S., um, the the verbiage of how it's used, died by suicide in the U.K. and so yes. forth? Would you mind sharing that? Sure. It's really, really important um, in this country that um, we refer to when somebody dies by suicide, that we do not use the term committed. Um, it was in 1961 that suicide, dying by suicide, was no longer considered a crime. And therefore, to use the word committed suicide is just simply has been removed um, from the vocabulary when we're referring to suicide. So we prefer to say died by suicide or um, took their own life. Um, they're two of the sort of most common phrases that are used. It also removes the stigma that is surrounding yes. suicide because um, unfortunately there still very much is uh, the stigma, the shame and everything attached to somebody's death by suicide. Death, right. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's something that's really, um, you might hear if you talk to anybody in the UK who has lost a loved one this way, that that word will just, yeah, yeah. trigger, trigger something. Will, like, yeah, mm -hmm. that word, yeah. It will just kind of, yeah, make you connect with something else. Now, um, thank you for sharing that. And I, I, am, I know that the words I'm sorry sometimes just can fall kind of not as, light, you know, lightly, those kind of terms that you're so used to hearing sometimes regarding your your loss um but i am sorry um, thank you being yeah being that i also had a sister that was two years different than me who who'd passed away that um that connection of your best friend your you know dying is just it's just very hard you know the yeah it's your lifelong best friend because it's the person you first connected with played with so and as you um, know, am. it's sibling loss. I, I, I found that as siblings, we can often be the forgotten mourners um, because everybody tends to look towards the 
parents. The people left behind, such as the partner or the spouse or the parents or the children, but the siblings tend to get forgotten. Mm. I don't know if you found that yourself. In in my case, my sister was young, so she was not. She was eighteen, so she had she had not um, started a family. I was twenty one, so the focus, for sure, of course, my parents were a big focus. But I think Mm -hmm. uh, because of her age, it was a little bit different because she had not, you know, she didn't have her own other family nucleus aside from us as a family. So, um, so I think that that may change. Partly maybe related to the age of the person. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And the dynamics. Yeah. So in your circumstances, that was the case. And so, um, so then tell us then, so he was, he did have his family and his kids as well. He did have. um, No, that's, that's the other sad part to it is that he never had children. Mm. Um, So I feel that the end of the line has stopped for him, for his Mm -hmm. sort of, there's nothing beyond other than his parents in, in terms of sort of blood relations and yeah. me as his sister. So his, my children, my twins, his niece and nephew, I feel are, are still are a part of him. Um, but for him not having his own children is, is sad because I feel that that sort of stopped when he left. Um, he wasn't married, he had a, a partner um, his girlfriend, they'd been together two years. Um, it's, I mean, he's, he's forever 48 and yes. it's, you know, it's still, it's still young. Um, Absolutely. 48 is sort of mid, mid life, isn't it? It is. Um, yes. And it, There's yeah. There's so it much just, more ahead. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and to, to think that he's missing out on Charlotte and Henry growing up. I mean, he, you know, he was their only uncle. Um, and it's just devastating and they love him so much. They've, I've actually, it's just reminded me of, um, we've made some memorial bears out of his shirts and Charlotte and Henry have got one each and Charlotte in particular just is so attached to her uncle Stu bear. She calls it uncle Stu bear and she'll sleep with the bear every night, holds the bear, hugs the bear, talks to the bear, has conversations. It's just so beautiful that they've got how, that connection. How did you make these bears? Are they, is it with his shirts, like are they wearing the shirt or do you make them? They're actually of... made from scratch. So I gave a, a local seamstress um, a lot of my brother's shirts and even pairs of socks because the ears have been made from socks. <laughs> and mm-hmm. she's just turned all the clothing into a bear. Um, and he's, there's a little heart on the bear as well, which is cut out from a pair of his jeans. So it's all items and even the buttons from from his shirts um, and a little pocket as well. So you can put a little note inside. Absolutely beautiful. This is beautiful. How did you come? I had never heard of this and it's just, I'm getting chills thinking this. (laughs) What a beautiful way because sometimes people do not know what to do with their loved one's belongings and they feel like they're not ready yet to give them away or to, you know, do like to donate them or sometimes they just keep them, you know, just as is. But what you're doing is just so beautiful. What you did was so beautiful. So how did you come up with this idea? Actually, it's it's quite um, a thing in, in the UK. There's a lot yeah. of places that do these types of memorial gifts. And weirdly, and I don't know if this is a universal sign, but about a month before, I kept getting on my Facebook a post coming up about um, turning shirts of um, a deceased loved one's um, clothing, turning them into little dresses for girls or little waistcoats for little boys, um, which I commented on because I just thought that's so beautiful. And little did I know a month later, I would be in that situation where I've got my brother's clothes and I want to turn them into something and I knew already about the bears because I'd already seen those and another thing that I came up with um, is to make because my brother has so many friends and colleagues that I made little hearts I got a lady to make little hearts out of his shirts with his name on and they've they've hung, hung them in their cars so he's always traveling around in their cars whenever they're driving as a little heart 
So, so sweet. I love that. I love that. I had never heard of that. Thank you for sharing that. There's just so many different ways, right, in which we can um, honor them or hold them yeah. close to us. And um, and this is one I had not heard. So around the, the – let's keep on talking then a little bit about this. So using his clothes, creating these memorial bears for your children – uh, what do you hold then close to you from his items? What did you make for yourself? Well, I've actually bought um, a large treasure chunk. Chunk? can't say the word. Trunk. Uh, yeah, we say trunk. <laughs> trunk, trunk chest. Yeah, you yeah. guys say chunk? Tr chunk? No, I, I'm saying it wrong. Oh. Trunk. <laughs> <laughs> you combined, you combined just... the word chest with trunk and made it chunk. <laughs> it is a chunk of wood made into a trunk. <laughs> Oh dear, I expect he's laughing along with me now, actually. Yes, I, <laughs> Get your no, words out, sister. Yeah, yeah it's like, well, um, my sister, there goes Lindsay making up, <laughs> I make up words all the time, but mine happen to be mainly due to the aspect that I'm bilingual, so there's words that oh, I'm wow. like, I am sure, like, I'm like completely sure that they exist in English, but no, I'm like, people looking at me like, uh, or I make up say, or I say a saying Mm. that I'm just literally translating from Spanish to English and that, but that doesn't make sense. You know, <laughs> so, so you're, you're not alone in making oh, thank it goodness. Worse. Thank you're goodness. <laughs> so I, 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 I purchased a treasure trunk <laughs> uh -huh. and, um, um, yeah, we've, it, it, we've sort of, I've given mum, mum's obviously got, mum and dad have got several items and, and his partner's got items and, and then I've got a, items and I think the ones that I hold dearly very much the things from childhood that he kept mm -hmm. um just some silly little things that just remind me of our wonderful childhood that we have um he also was a a massive collector of coins um and it's lovely to just have those and go through them and know that knowing that he enjoyed collecting them um, there's a meaning behind the coins, a story behind the coins. He's very much into history. Um, so he's also got a lot of um, books as well that relate to that. There's just, there's quite a few bits and bobs, but I think the things that I love the most, I've got an item of jewellery, um, which is made, um, it's a ring made from his ashes. And that is with me always. Um, so how do they make it straight use it or do they just um, embed the ash because I've seen like of lockets that people or that they put them inside yeah this is one like that I sent off to a, a jeweler a specialist company that so I had to send the ashes off to them and there's the ring and they sort of blend it in with some sort of resin I think um, oh, okay, okay. and it's colored so it's a sort of beautiful teal color um, and then it's got little crystals around the edge. It's stunning. Um, I was so just overjoyed when when it came back through the post. Mm. And that's with me always. And that feel I feel like he's always with me. Um, and I've also got a necklace as well, which again I just feel is a real strong connection. But yeah, I mean, mm. there's there's so many. I mean, I've got photographs all around me of him. So I'm I talk to him a lot. Um, some some days I can look at the photos and smile, and other days I can't look at them. It it just makes me cry. It's mm -hmm. weird. You, it's like that wave of grief yes. that some days it's it's okay. I'm comfortable. I know he's in spirit. I know he's safe and happy. He's with me in spirit. Other days, I look at his photo and I just break down in tears, and I feel such a sense of loss, and I really miss mm -hmm. his physical presence. It's such a duality that of knowing that they're here yet at the same time, yes, missing, missing them physically or he, missing the hearing of the voice or the touch itself. Yeah. Um, it, it is. And like, even if we have those beliefs of knowing that in spirit they're with us, it's still that um, aspect that we relate things with our what we see and touch sometimes that that's the yeah. those part of our senses are still kind of missing out that we that 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 then there's this um overwhelm of of emotions as well now 
with you mentioned then you speak to him so has that been one of your tools of navigating uh this grief journey has been talking to him absolutely in fact i don't think i would be in this place now i think i'd be in a much darker place if i didn't feel some connection with him on the other side um yeah i talked i talked to him a lot in my head so it's not out yes. loud uh-huh. um but he you does. Mean you're not walking down the street, just like <laughs> looking over your shoulder and like people looking at you, like, what is, who is she? <laughs> I do, I did talk like when I would be in my car by myself. Then I do actually. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Good, good. I do good. That. We're not the only loonies out there. <laughs> <laughs> I do that. And in the garden as well, I'll sort of talk to him. But what I found is that he is very good at sending signs and messages. So, Oh, please share, um, share. Which ones are some of these that you've, the that you've recognized? Ones, yeah. Um, on the day of his funeral, so that was three weeks after he passed, there was a beautiful white feather that landed on the doorstep. Um, so as I opened the front door, just heading out to the funeral, there was this beautiful white feather. And to me, that was just beautiful, just, just beautiful. Um, I've had another time where it was at Christmas and, um, I went to a local shop and I actually wanted to buy him a Christmas card, even though he's not here, I still wanted to buy him a Christmas card. Um, and I remember just being in tears. I was standing in the shop looking at all the cards that said brother at Christmas and all of this. And, mm. and I was just in tears. I didn't care who saw me. I was just missing my brother. But I got back into the car. I drove home. And when I opened the car door and shut the car door, I turned around and there was this beautiful white feather attached to the door. Um, oh. And it was just like he was saying, I'm with you. I'm with you. Mm. Um, to have a, a feather attached to the car was <laughs> just yes. okay. I like that. Another yeah. time and I've they, been. They say that those are uh, some um, like angel angel feather. Like that when you yeah. see a feather, it's kind of like an yeah. angel wing. Yeah, the feather. Mm-hmm. And another time I've had. Um... Oh, that's gone out of my head now. That's weird. That's really weird. I don't know what so I was going to say with that one. But anyway, there's Maybe the... Maybe because I interrupted um, you. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. It obviously wasn't meant to be. <laughs> but there's also been the... Because I very rarely listen to the radio in the car. And there's a couple of times where I've switched it on um, and the radio has come on instead of my CD. And it's been a piece of music that's so connected to my brother, um, mm. which again makes me go, wow, you're here. You're You've you're bringing a message through to me from from this piece of music. Um, we've had things in the house. Um, I've got a downstairs, a frame um, with, uh, it's, a, it's a frame that somebody bought me with words and things connected to me and, and my life for my 40th birthday present. And I've, I've got it sat on a bookcase in the hallway. And it twice has just fallen off onto the floor for no reason whatsoever. It's just literally just fallen off onto the floor. There's no reason why it would fall. Um, and I keep thinking that he's trying to to tell me something. Um, and there's been some things like the smoke detectors in the house just go off randomly when we're not cooking and there's no smoke. And I know we can get signs through sort of the energy, so elect- through electricity. Okay. Um, like televisions turning off and on just by themselves so there's little things like that just make me know that I know he's doing this to make me know he's around yeah and then there's the the sense for you it brings a sense of calm and connection correct when you see those signs it does it brings in a sense of oh you're you are it just yeah the connection is so powerful because I really sense that he's here um I really, I, I really do feel that. And that's so important to me because I think if I believed that he died and that was it and that was the end, I couldn't cope with that. I, there's no way I'd be able to to live each day if I, if I felt that was it. He's gone. That's it. I let's have talk to talk about that. Yeah. Let's hmm. talk about that a little bit further. Have you always believed in the fact that there is more or has that been something that since his passing has been more of like, let me 
let me for sure adopt this belief because this is what's going to bring me hope or have you always believed the fact that there is more to this I've life? always been very, very fascinated by the universe and why we're here and who are we and the, you know, what's beyond us. Yeah. Um, I've never experienced grief before though. I've been very fortunate in my 46 years on this earth that I've only ever lost two people and that grief was incredibly different to what I'm experiencing now. So this is the first yeah. where I've been massively impacted upon. And this is where I've really um, had to focus more on the beliefs that there is an afterlife. And I've really delved into it more. I've really tuned into it. And my belief has got so much stronger as a result. Um, and I think... Yeah, going forwards, I am looking more into it each and every day. I'm I'm finding new ways that are um, helping and strengthening my belief and giving me more, more hope. Um, and just as you, as you said before, the connection, it just makes that connection so much stronger. And that's what helps me get through each day because I, because I feel like, an only sibling now and only you know it's mum dad and just me I don't have any brothers and sisters and yet I do have a brother in spirit and that's what keeps me going yes I I love what you are saying Lindsay because it's I I can relate to that so much to everything you're saying that I do not I sometimes and part of the reason I even started this podcast was my own curiosity of knowing whether people that had experienced grief that maybe did not believe in something else, how they how they would also con how they would navigate grief, knowing if like by chance that was it, like if that was just yeah. the end, like how different it would look, and it's just that curiosity of knowing of people of different beliefs, how, what what is it that kind of helps them in that journey of of grief as well um for me I, as you are like like you said for me it's also that belief and that there is more and that we're this is just a transitional space we're in that our real real <laughs> being is our mm -hmm. soul and this one yeah. here on this plane <laughs> and the material part was just one of the stages of our yeah. development not not the whole stage of our development. The the rest is just all in spirit in spirit form. Um, that's at least my belief. But um, therefore, I don't. Yeah, I don't see it as the as the end. Just a transition. But in it, it does has brought me a lot of comfort, knowing yes. that too. Yeah, because even just that comfort of the re reconnecting as well not only here that you can connect with him in that, you know, in some shape or form, like you said, in the forms of energy or these little messages that he leaves, but the, for you, the, um, the feeling of that when you pass away that you're, you know, reunited type of, con um, you know, connection, is that also something that you think of? Yeah, I did, um, my own sort of self healing meditation a while ago where I did connect with him in spirit um, which was so beautiful. Um, it, I sort of felt myself sort of transition up into his space and we met across the ocean and I, I can still picture and feel that we reached out and touched hands mm. and we were sort of just like flying around um, particular places that we know where we wanted to spread some some hope to people that his friends and, and, and our parents, um, we flew together over to um, our parents' house and sort of put them in a bubble of safety and, and a sort of support bubble to, to look after them. Um, and I, my brother was also sprinkling some white feathers around our parents' house as well, just to leave little signs and messages so mum and dad know he's around. Um, it was so beautiful. It was, I can still, I'm seeing it in my, in my mind now, just that journey that we took together. Um, and when it was the time for him to, to move 
a way and for me to come back down to earth here it was I didn't feel afraid of death anymore um I knew that I've got time on this earth now I've got a purpose turning this pain into purpose I've got a mission and I've got this is what I've got to do before it's my time to pass and this is what he wants me to do he's given me the courage to be me and this is what I'm really focusing on so I know that when it's my time to go that I know that he's there waiting along with all our other loved ones who have passed over does that make any sense whatsoever (laughs) Uh, it makes so much sense I have chills and what you said that he gave you a purpose to uh, the current he gave me a courage to be me I have yeah. a friend who I also interviewed on the podcast. Her brother also died of uh, by suicide, and oh gosh, and she said like the the way I titled that episode was this experience cracked me open, like it, it, it because that's what she felt. There was kind of like living that was like this rebirth of even herself within. That. Yep, and and for me, I would say, and I, this is what I've been saying now is that I've found my voice because I've always been very quiet and, and not speaking up and just being very British and sort of, you know, mustn't say this, mustn't say that. Whereas now I feel that, right, this has happened. This is big. My brother is now in spirit world. I've now found my voice. I will speak up. I will do the things that I've been afraid to do in the past because, you know, I'm doing it not only for myself, I'm doing it for him. Um, and yeah, I, I'm using his voice too. And yeah, I'm using my voice. I'm much more open. I will say how I feel, what I think. Um, yeah, it's completely life-changing. It's completely changed my life. And it's 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 interesting yeah, because, it, again, it's so close to when it happened, Lindsay, that I'm in awe that in these eight months that you and uh, when we're re- recording, because by the time I launched this one, how many months it would have been <laughs> when the listeners, but yeah, sure. from June till now, that you have um, already made all these um, con- uh, reconciliation, I don't know if, that the word, if that's a word, um, well, all the, yeah, these uh, recon- reconciliation, I don't think that's the word I want to use. Uh, words can um, sometimes just not be, sometimes they're, <laughs> they're not my thing sometimes. They just don't come, they just like chunk, didn't, you know? <laughs> I'm like, what is the word I want to use? Yeah, just being able to reconcile. That's, I think that's what it is. Reconcile with what's happened and yeah. give it purpose that yeah. that um that is incredible because it it is again a one of these proofs that it's not about the time necessarily that goes by it's about the person that's experienced something what tools do they already have and that we will if we if you don't mind we'll go into that aspect because you were already a, a mind coach before mm. so what tools this person has that then helps them then navigate certain situations and then have the ability like you just mentioned of turning pain into purpose Mm. um is different right so again it's not that 10 years go by and then suddenly you do it you know every again everybody is just so different so for somebody hearing that maybe still has not been able to find a way of turning their pain into purpose. Don't feel discouraged when you hear somebody that maybe has already found that in a short period of time. Just know that they've had their own own story behind the scenes kind of thing that you've not seen that has allowed them to do that in the now. So let's go a little into that. So into your mind coaching component and as to why it is that in June you stopped um, doing that. Yeah, so my my background, sort of what I've learned in terms of um, I've done neurolinguistic programming and mm-hmm. hypnotherapy, um, havening techniques, TFT, life coaching. Wait, wait, is that one? I haven't heard of that. What is it? Which one? The last one, havening. Havening. Yes, I haven't heard the ha- that one. The havening techniques. It's um, it comes from Dr. Ronald Rudin and Dr. Stephen Rudin in New York. Um, um, gosh, how many years ago? I'm gonna have About to look 12 years that. ago. Um, and he's a neuroscientist and he's come up with 
he's looking at sort of things like TFT and energy healing and, and trying to work out how does this all work? Because being a neuroscientist, he's looking very much into the workings in the brain. Um, and he developed his own psychosensory so modality, which he calls the havening technique. So haven to put you in a safe place whilst oh, okay. we are releasing the trauma and the anxieties and the fears. Um, it's incredibly powerful and effective. And I've used it myself. I've been doing self-havening Um which is basically using sensory touch um, to uh, make changes in your own brain chemistry um, to put you in a calmer state, a more relaxed state. Um, as I say, you, you, it can go into a whole therapeutic setting where you're actually dealing with clearing trauma. Um, and, so it's and a, a lot little deeper. different than hypnotherapy, but similar results in terms of it's just kind of taking you to a different state, yet not necessarily hypnotized. Yeah, it's not It's not hypnosis. It's more of, I mean, you do go into a nice trancey, calm state. You can do because it's so relaxing because we're naturally releasing serotonin, uh, oxytocin, dopamine, the chemicals. It's, it's making chemical changes in the brain and we're focusing and targeting with the amygdala, which okay. is um, where we can encode the trauma. So it's very much focusing on on releasing um encoded traumas through events that have happened so we've worked a lot with people who have been through um like the london bombings um mm -hmm. horrific things yeah. um any i mean anything can be traumatic it's one person's trauma can be different to Absolutely. another person's trauma so it's um i mean what you experience is tra trauma yeah and Actually, that's what helped me doing the self-havening, helped me with sleep, because when when Stuart was first missing for the first three days, um, I was really struggling to obviously go to sleep because I was wondering, where is he? Where is my brother? And I couldn't sleep. And I remember just stroking my arms. Um, it's like giving yourself a hug and just stroking your arms, mm. um, humming a tune and just distracting my mind. But the stroking is what's releasing the delta waves, which is what we need to, to target in the brain. Um, and that is very soothing and comforting. And I did that every night to help me sleep. And whilst I only managed about two or three hours sleep, I think that's still incredible when somebody you love is missing. Um, and then when, when we heard the news that he died, I obviously went into a state of shock. Um, and my husband did some havening with me just to calm me down and, and to help me feel safe. Because in that point in time, I was encoding the trauma of being told that my brother had passed by suicide. So havening helped massively and still does when I just need to just get myself in a much more calmer state of mind. Um, and I think that's, I've been very blessed, I know, because a lot of people don't know the learnings that I have that have led up to this, uh, sort of, sort of, that I've trained with, that I've experienced, that I've learned leading up to this point. So had I not known all of these modalities, these methodologies like the NLP, the hypnotherapy, the coaching, um, the mind programming techniques, I wonder how I would be doing now. Um, I, you know, I could be a complete mess in tears every day and not knowing what way to turn and, and how to, to do anything. And which is why I feel so blessed that I've got these skills and tools and resources and that I've used them for myself to help me get through each day. And that's not to say that every single day I'm singing and dancing and happy. I'm, no, I'm absolutely but... not. I'm, You're you know, not? Lindsay, <laughs> you're not. You're not throwing like flowers and la la la. I I really do have days when I am in such a bad place, and even I don't even want to apply any of the learnings that I've learned to myself because I, I just, was just no. going to say that. I was just yeah. going to say that sometimes we really do just want to feel what we're feeling. Yeah, like exactly. We I want right? to grieve. Yes. I want to I want to sit with this emotion of absolutely, I'm sad, absolutely. I'm sad, I'm upset, I'm emotional, I want to cry, I want to scream. So I'll do it. That's exactly what I'll do. And I will do that. I will not I will let myself experience it and go through it rather than just brush it aside or oh well I can clear that because no, yes. I need to experience it. It's all part of the grief. 
Um, and that's important. Um, I, that made me think now, since you have four-year-olds, uh, <laughs> that made me think of even just when a four-year-old, like, or a three-year-old or two-year-old, or even a older one, throws a tantrum, as we say it here, um, a fit. How do you call it in the UK? They call them tantrums here. Yeah. Tantrums, you know, and in that you as a parent were like trying to like fix it right but no they need literally no. need that release give them space yeah that's yes, what i do if, if my release. little ones are like that if they if they're struggling with an emotion or they can't explain how they're feeling or they're frustrated by something i let them just have that space to just get it out their system and it's yes. actually really good to just do it you see and i learn from them i've learned a lot <laughs> from them so they are as i said they've been sent to me i think it possibly the right again time. the universe knew this was going to happen maybe there was a reason mm -hmm. for me to have twins at this age because this is the good time for them to be the age they're at to help for me to help them for them to help me for me to I learn and grow so. from them too so oh. I all believe all these things are connected together it's like a big jigsaw and everything's happened and it's all coming together and I know some people don't like the phrase oh it's all meant to be I think kind of think like that I think these things are meant to be that's just me that's just how I think I, about I, it and I know I, some people I don't. believe that I believe that too I know that when somebody has just had an experience like the telling somebody that that may not necessarily feel that is not that mm. comforting right like when you say mm. oh well it was for the best or that 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 or the you know they're no longer suffering those kind of like um, phrases that in that moment for somebody that's just experienced a loss, those don't make sense. No, you know, no. they don't help them in that particular no. moment. Right. But as we start going into like our living it and be, seeing all these little, like you said, jigsaw puzzle, all these puzzles, kind of pieces of the puzzle fitting together, you realize this was orchestra. It was, it was part of a plan kind of, it was not just like a, Luke, it was part of all of it is part of the whole this is how I believe it to be this is yeah I just believe there's something bigger and this is it's all as you say part of the plan part of the bigger picture something because you know we're not all going to live to the age of 100 um we all die at different ages don't we so uh, yes it's yeah and the other thing that I've learned which has helped is the writing um which I've done pretty much early on from day one I just started writing a lot of it was waffle to start with but I had to get out of my head and writing it almost felt like my brother was holding my hand whilst I was writing uh -huh. um so again a way it's another way of expressing emotions writing what would you so write powerful. would you write what was going on in your day would you write about your feeling I wrote too but I would write it like to my sister but as and I'm talking more about my sister than I am about my mom even though it was longer, away, you know, ago, but um, just because it was my first, like, really major, you know, yeah. um, close. But so would you write to him, like, as if you're talking to him, or do would you talk about your emotions? What is it that you would write? I think to start with, I was starting to write my emotions, and then I was writing as if I was having a conversation with him. Uh -huh. um, and he was then, the words that flowed, because it, it changed from my head and started coming from the heart and the words that flowed back were like coming from him. So it was like yes, we were having a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and as a result of the writing, I've ended up writing a book. I um, love it. Called I What's... saw that on your website. Yeah. yeah. It says coming soon and all these other things that are coming soon, which I can't wait to hear more. I'm about. very, I'm very excited that I've got another massive project that I'm working on now, which again is about, supporting suicide loss survivors um and that is incredibly exciting and i i've i've had to throw myself into keeping busy and doing these things which i know can also be seen as avoidance and i know that um so i am now making time to make sure that i'm i'm having time where i'm just not focusing on all these things that i'm working on to just be me and to be okay with that because that's the time when I feel a little bit vulnerable because I feel I'm just me the raw authentic me dealing with grief and that's 
that's where I need to, I think, spend more time at the moment because I've, I have been, I know I'm aware I've been throwing myself into writing and supporting others, um, helping his friends and doing things for other people and our parents and writing the book and doing this new project that I need to just stop sometimes and just be. I, I, I can, I can relate to that. Oh, I mean, I can understand that, but at the same time, what you're doing is still revolving around his loss, right? So it's still yes. revolving and it's still revolving around helping others that are dealing. So it feels still that it's still part of that journey of grief because it's still in relation to his death. It's so not true. necessarily isolated. Like, let me just go and, you know, I don't know, do something that does not have to, you know, you're constantly yeah. actually being, you're talking about death. You're talking about <laughs> <A lot. laughs> suicide. Yes. You're talking about the, I, the, the, you know what I mean? You're helping others around it. So by helping others, with their grief journey is also helping you. So yes. at least that's how I feel. Yep. Um, yep. And maybe that's because that's the way I do it. <laughs> that, maybe that's because <laughs> that's the way. I, maybe we're both avoiding in the same way. <laughs> but, um, you know, so so I don't know. I feel that it's still all related. It would be, yeah, it would be different if you had like navigate into computer work and just like mindless kind of um, yeah. doing, but no, you're writing a book that is all about this. Exactly. <laughs> like you're focus, having to tap yeah. into, yeah, you're having to I have tap to. into I can't, emotions. Yeah. I, as you say, it's all part, it's all connected. It's all part. Of, as I say, that's how my life has changed so much since June, because my full focus is very much now on this, this is my mission, this is my purpose, I've got to speak up more about suicide and let people know, you know, to remove this stigma of suicide, to, to also with grief, that there's such a, this belief that, oh, okay, we're grieved for a few months, and that's it, done, move on with your life, get back to normal. No, that's not how it works, especially with a, someone you love so much. When they leave, the grief is something you learn to live with and yeah. it, it's a journey that you take going forwards you don't just say right I've grieved for three months and that's it finished done and I've I've learned I've been learning that because I've, I've never grieved this way before so it's still very much each and every day is a learning curve for me I'm learning so much each and every day each and every month that goes past and I haven't as yet come up to his first anniversary of when he died um, or uh, it's our birthdays next month. So I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. That's the, that's exact. Actually, I thought of that before. I'm like, has the, has your birthday, have your birthdays happened yet? So in, in April, what, April, what is your birthday then? It's mine's the 28th. His is the 29th. Okay. So we are, I am, yeah, just not even sure what I want to do on those two days because it's, I know it's going to be very difficult for mum and dad, particularly mum. Um, you know, that's her firstborn's birthday, but it's also my birthday and, and it's, I don't know how to help them. Um, but I, I want to do something memorable on that day, which is why I've decided to launch the book on that day, on his birthday. Oh, are um, you serious? So you already <laughs> have done that much of the book that you're already yeah, ready to I know. launch it? Lindsay. I don't know how I've done it. It's all about and with four-year-old twins I running know, around. I just actually, weirdly, just you saying that to me makes me think, "Oh my god, what's happened? What have I done?" It I'm is just like, like a like a whoa. this uh, poor outpouring of yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah. So he wrote it with you. <laughs> he wrote it with you. I, I do, yeah. I feel like he's he's my co-author. He's written with me in spirit, and it's not just me that's written it. <laughs> yeah. What is the book uh, about? Is it the your journey? What is it about? So that the and what do you have the title yet of what it's yeah, going to be? And, and I'm going to put your website, of course, on the show notes for people to be on the lookout. You. So tell, and maybe by the time this episode releases, it's close to that launch. So, yeah, gosh. Um, no pressure. So, <laughs> 
no pressure, no pressure, no pressure. All um, I'm going to say right now is, listeners, go to the link right below and purchase your book. <laughs> let's just bring it. Let's do that whole thing of vision casting already. So, so tell tell a little bit of what is um, what is it about, and do, if you have a title. Yeah, I do. I've called it "What Suicide Left Behind," um, because that's what it's all about. It's about well, what what's been left. Suicide has happened. I've lost a loved one. There's all of us grieving behind. How do we move on? How do we deal with it? So it um, talks about my brother and and how he died, um, and a little bit of I suppose a journaling. I think you call it in America, where there's I sort of detailed a little bit into to the police helping and the funeral and the inquest and and about that. But then it goes into explaining um what is suicide what is grief um how to navigate your own grief journey because no two grief journeys are the same nobody can um take your grief away from you it's your grief and it's for you to find a way to navigate in your own time in your own way and how you nobody can do anything nobody can fix you you don't need fixing you just need time to grieve um so I basically just sort of, it's really to help somebody just who's been affected by suicide to just take them through the journey that I've been through to this point here, because um, there will be another book that follows for the next part of the journey. Um, and it's just to give them the support. It's like I'm reaching out with a hand to say, I'm holding your hand if you need someone to just walk you through your next few months few years or whatever I'm here because I've been in this place because it's all very raw it's the first six months of my grief so it's all very raw and authentic and to the point and it's hopefully just give somebody some support and guidance and to say I'm here and I understand and I'm with you oh that's so beautiful had you ever written before no (laughs) no (laughs) Never. Um, but as I said, it, it just something that happened. I just felt this overwhelming sort of power within me to just, I have to write. I have to write. And then it sort of moved from coming out of my head and it came, started to come from the heart. Um, and that's where I found it to be the most sort of cathartic. Um, it, you know, it, it's helped me so much. So I would say to anybody who perhaps is not sure how to express their emotions, try writing, try just, yes. even if it's just single words, it might then turn into a sentence, turn into a paragraph, see what happens, go with the flow. Um, do, do you write uh, pen to paper or uh, when you write your book, is it on the computer or is it pen to paper? Both actually. Um Sometimes it's using a pen, writing on a little notebook, and I'll just flow. And other times I'm just sat in front of my computer and my fingers will just be tapping away at the yes. keyboard. And I'm not even sometimes sure what's coming out. It just seems to flow. Um, and I get really into the zone and I find that so powerful. It's so beautiful because it's like you're just opening the channel and just allowing it to just yeah. come through. And and I've heard that by um, uh, authors, you know, I think it's uh, uh, Gilbert, um, I think the one that Eat, Pray, Love, Melissa, is it Melissa Gilbert? Oh, okay. I can't um, think of the name, but I know who you mean, yeah. So I remember hearing an interview she did, and it. Oh my, I feel bad if I'm by chance m- saying the wrong name, but it is uh, Gilbert is her last name. So um, that she, when she was a little girl, she'd be out playing in the fields, and all of a sudden she'd get like this idea, like of something to mm. write, and that she'd like run home, run, 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 <laughs> like and like grab the pen and just like put yes. it to the paper before yes. it would leave her because yes. it was that it was that kind of like a stroke of lightning that you yep. just have to like just go with it and um so it's more of that yeah opening of that channel to allow it and i've heard so many different ways of people describing inspiration and of being that is really not ours uh it's all it is is just like there's this pool of 
pool of inspiration out there and is just waiting to be tapped into just open the faucet basically whoever whoever's ready to be the one to open the faucet is the one that ends up putting it you know onto a paper or onto a song or onto a you know um you know creative piece like you know theater or whatever it is all these creative sources Ah, oh, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. To, and then to have you back on when you've actually, you know, have it launched. I would love that just to see how it feels and to talk about the actual book itself. I'd love to have sure. you again, Lindsay. Sure. <laughs> and so now also talk a little bit then about then the support that you've created then about helping others or that you're starting to do. Yeah, this is this is exciting because the other thing I've found that again that's helped me with my grief because obviously we've been in lockdown for the majority of it, so we haven't been able to go out and mix with anybody. Um, I found that um, singing and dancing, again, is another way of expressing my my emotions, but also gives me that little bit of an uplift. Just can change my state. So if I'm feeling really down and low tearful and just stuck in a bad place I'll go into the kitchen put on my favorite Latino music and I'll just start dancing or I just start singing now that you said Latino afterwards you got to tell me which artist you play (laughs) Enrique I love Enrique Enrique Iglesias oh can't get enough bailamos let the rhythm take you over my love see I'm I'm already jigging away to that um, so this really uplifts me and obviously because of the twins as well, they join in if they're here and, and, and we have a sing and a dance and, but I find the singing element as well stops me from going into my head and having mm. the sort of negative internal dialogue that I was having, certainly in the early days where I was just questioning the why, because with suicide, it's, there's always the questions, yeah. why, how, what happened, what could I have done, the guilt, the blame, the shame, there's so much going on that makes it a complex grief that yes. I felt my head was getting overwhelmed. So singing clears out my head completely because I'm just focused on the song, the song words and the singing, and I get into that zone of music and dance. So what I've um, set up and I'm, I'm working on very much now, it, it's a massive project. Um, which is an online community bringing people together and we've got our first practice group next week um, where we've got a a choir Uh, so we're coming together to sing songs Um, so we're all connected because we've all lost somebody a loved one to suicide so we're all in different stages of our grief Um, but we are singing songs together on a weekly basis online um, we also have a dancing one. So again, we're coming together to do dance classes online and it gives, and there's lots of other, it's like having a, a tree and there's these different branches coming off with different ways. So we've got a arty one, a writing one, different ones that you can join in on. Um, it's art and it therapy. Allows it's somebody... like art therapy. Yeah. Like just yeah. artistic way of expressing. Beautiful. So instead of, instead of the sort of traditional, therapy of taking medication or talking therapy I found that this is just an alternative for somebody who says I don't want to do that I want to do so I just want to feel good I just want an hour for me just to switch off from everything and just dance or I just want to paint a picture Um, but I don't want to do it by myself I want to be amongst others that are, are with me and you know we're in it together so it's just bringing everyone together so there's weekly classes and it's all connected to our loved ones so all the sort of art pieces that we'll be creating are all connected to making mem- memorial items for our loved one things that are give us um bring memory or positivity or hope um there's all there's all a big connection there so that's that's what i'm working on and then alongside that i'm doing a, a local running group so again because being outdoors being in nature um walking or running and i don't run at all but I'm doing this for my brother um there's a, a charity that's local that's does running to beat suicide so again 
I'm setting up my group here in Tunbridge Wells to allow people to come together just to give them that time and space just to feel the fresh air the open door outdoors and just be with people that are in a similar space oh so beautiful so I'm for the workshops <laughs> <laughs> so for the workshops the 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 ones coming on you know online mm -hmm. that will start the next week as we're recording this and we're recording this in march so that they can for future ones people can just sign up online yeah what, what we're doing at the moment is we're beta testing it all so we're making sure it all works and all coming together. And I'm planning to launch that again on the 29th of April alongside the book. So they'll be launched together. Um, Beautiful. So that's the 29th of April. And we've got some other new ideas um, to, to mix in with that as well. But it's it's massive and it's a huge project. Uh, but I really Love hope it, it takes off and, and helps and brings people together. And because unfortunately, suicide is on the increase. Um, and I think we just need to, to speak out more about it and help yes. those that, that are affected by it. Especially now in which people that may have, you know, tend, you know, either depression or things like that and are yeah. isolated yep. from the world, then it is increasing um, even more, right, with the circumstances of what's going on in the world. Um I absolutely have loved everything you've said. I wanted to ask you one more. What was the other thing I was going to ask you um, regarding that? Uh, oh, yes. I wanted to ask you this. What are you grateful for uh, in this experience? What would you, what, what have you learned about yourself or grown or, I mean, you've already shared a lot of what you've grown, but in general, that ha that you would otherwise not have maybe known had you not experienced grief, had you not been experiencing grief. I think um, I'm very grateful for, obviously I wanted to recognize my brother for being my brother, um, for everything he's done and for still being beside me, albeit in spirit, but I'm very grateful for being able to be his sister um but also I have so much gratitude for I just feel so much more connected to people I feel much more a connection of love with other people now um because I think I feel I've opened up more and so I'm able to understand others better and empathize better and there's a much more of a two-way connection, whereas before I felt very closed off. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, um, I do. It's as if you tapped into the other emotions within you that to create even more empathy towards mm. others that therefore allows you a deeper connection. Yes, put that, that said it perfectly. <laughs> because I, <laughs> I think up until, yeah, Stuart died, I was very much just kept things and feelings bottled up whereas now you know if I love somebody I will tell them I love I love you you know whereas before I would wouldn't be able to say that perhaps um I just yeah I feel you know as human beings we are just I do feel that we are so much more connected as humans we are all connected together um and I think this you know <laughs> This has completely turned my world upside down, but in some ways for the better. Mm -hmm. I feel that this is actually, is it wrong? I can't, I don't know. I feel like no, really no, you know what? Don't, 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 no. don't think it. Don't no. think it because the moment you think yeah. it, then you start thinking <laughs> exactly. what I'm saying may mean as if I am great. It's not that we're trying to say that we are grateful that our loved ones passed away. That's not what we're saying. Yeah, exactly. We're saying this happened and I am, it's, I, you're going into the NLP part yeah. of your brain, maybe yeah. the, uh, the words, you know, but, um, yeah. you know, but it's, it's more like, yeah, this happened, but I still can find gratitude in having oh. lived through this. It's not that you're like, Oh, thank goodness. You know, no, that's not, <laughs> we, no, of course I, we would, we would want yeah. them here with us. Right. It's not that it's yeah. So 
yeah with them and I hear that's why I sometimes even phrasing the question of like what are you grateful for what have you grown in this experience is hard for me to sometimes figure out how to phrase it so that the person doesn't think that I'm saying that that they're happy that yeah it's like it's like a light has been switched on and Mm. I've now got a real purpose to really live and do make this life count and make things happen and and grab these opportunities and do things and and not waste life at all um it's it's just like he's given me this powerful sort of or passed a baton on to me or something to say right go live your life go do what you want to do have be you know be who you want to be be the real you to have the courage just do it just live it and just shine and just and yeah I feel blessed I feel blessed I feel blessed yeah beautiful uh I feel blessed to have you here sharing this uh journey and your learnings in this short amount of time Lindsay and I'm so grateful that you uh were open to sharing this and that we met on the little clubhouse chat there of (laughs) of grievers uh and uh and I'm just yeah just very, very it was grateful. meant to be <laughs> it was i again part of the, it's all part of the play yes. all a part of the puzzle is there anything else you'd like to leave and if you want to just say the name of your website again i'll put it at the bottom um but if you want to just say well the just... um i've got a facebook page and a group uh again which is called what suicide left behind which is also the name of the book um i haven't as yet confirmed the the main website so i'll have to tell you that at a later date Okay, perfect. And then the Instagram, uh, what? Oh, is Instagram. That a- I'm Lindsay Meaden um, on perfect. Instagram. On yeah. Instagram. Perfect. Thank you once again. Thank I'm, you. I, I don't want the conversation to end because I want to still keep on picking your brain because I still have more <laughs> questions. It'll have to be part two. It'll have to be yeah. part two. <laughs> Thank you. You're wonderful. Thank you, Kendra. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, if you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.